Welcome to PCAOB Dialogues from the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, protecting investors through the oversight of public company audits. PCAOB Dialogues features conversations among PCAOB board members, staff, and others where they discuss audit policy and other related issues. The views expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the PCAOB as a whole, PCAOB board members, or members of the PCAOB staff. Nor should this podcast be viewed as an endorsement of any particular person or entity. For more information about the PCAOB and its mission, please visit our website at PCAOBUS.org. Today is July 30th, 2015. I'm Samantha Ross from the PCAOB, and we're here to talk about audit quality indicators, or AQIs for short. I am optimistic. I've learned from the experience of being associated with the AQI piloting project. Some might think, you know, with my kind of audit upbringing, professional background, there might be things here that are not new or different or particularly interesting for me. Not so at all. Uh, I've learned a lot and seen the real benefit that can be produced for the audit committee and for the firm. That's Mike Cook, retired chairman and chief executive officer of Deloitte & Touche LLP. He is a member of the board of directors of Comcast Corporation, where he chairs the audit committee. He's also chaired the audit committees of Burt's Bees, Eli Lilly & Co., International Flavors and Fragrances, and Rockwell International. In June, the PCAOB issued a concept release on AQIs to see if there's a way to evaluate the factors that contribute to quality in an audit. The idea is that these indicators, taken as a whole, may give audit committees, auditors, even investors who rely on audit quality, a better tool to assess the job of their auditor. I'm here with Greg Jonas, PCAOB Director of Research and Analysis, who's leading the AQI project. We're joined on the phone by Mike Cook, from whom you just heard. Greg, maybe you can start us off with the big picture. What is the purpose of the audit quality indicators as laid out in the concept release? Sam, we premise the concept release on the notion that audits are a bit like icebergs. The buyer of the audit service, the audit committee, and to a lesser extent investors, can see only the tip while important ingredients of audit quality lay somewhat opaque under that waterline. I've personally found the AQI project so intriguing because it runs to the heart of the incentive system for auditors. When much of the audit effort is somewhat opaque to the market, it creates an incentive for the auditor to emphasize what the market can see and possibly to shortcut what's opaque. But meanwhile, from the market's perspective, an opaque service undermines its ability to demand and reward the underlying ingredients needed for the highest quality work. So AQIs may assist the dialogue between auditors and the market, and that in turn could promote competition among auditors based on audit quality, a world where auditors win work, retain work, and are compensated based on the quality of what they do. Mike, based on your experience as an audit committee member, do you accept the idea that audit quality is hard to discern? I agree that uh, that audit quality is is difficult uh, to discern in some instances and that the audit quality indicators are somewhat less than transparent. But I would point out in, in responding that I do believe that some are very transparent and used very effectively today. For example, audit committees uh, focus uh, on the audit team and in particular uh, focusing on that lead partner when rotation is taking place and a new lead partner is joining the team. 
That audit quality indicator, I believe, is getting good attention today and has been for some time. I'd also point out that there is good visibility on a key audit quality indicator, and that is the PCOB inspection results. That has been good information for us for some period of time. It's important to look at that at a firm-wide level and also uh, uh, when particular company audits are inspected to be aware of those results as well, although they're not disclosed by company publicly, but that information is made available to audit committees. So there's some pretty good uh, audit quality indicators that have been in regular use and are getting good attention. But up to now, many of the audit quality indicators on the PCAOB list have not been uh, the focus of audit committee and firm dialogue. So I do believe that there is real potential here, great potential here, for audit quality indicators to become more visible and to lead to robust discussion, which can be very helpful uh, to audit committees. And they can be helpful, frankly, to all the key players in the audit process. That's the audit committee. Uh, the auditing firm will certainly learn from and benefit uh, from the use of audit quality indicators. And I add management as well. Management has a big stake in audit quality. Management has a big stake in the integrity of their financial reporting and the role of auditing in providing that integrity and reliability. So everybody at the table, uh, the audit committee, the audit firm, and the management of the company as well, uh, will be beneficiaries of audit quality indicators. Greg, let's talk about what Mike just called the PCOB list. How does the concept release describe what you're looking for to make AQIs useful? Concept release argues that useful AQIs should first be quantifiable and faithfully measure the drivers of audit quality. In fact, the, the quantifiable uh, notion separates this project from some other good work that has preceded it where the effort has been about qualitative characteristics of quality. The second thing uh, we argue uh, constitutes a useful AQI is that they should operate together as a portfolio in order to provide users with different vantage points into audit quality. So it's the portfolio concept. And the third notion is that they must be placed in context to be understood. And by context, I mean the facts and the story of a particular situation. Thus, AQIs plus the context of a story informs discussion. Uh, we argue that useful AQIs are not benchmarks or scorecards of good or bad auditing or formulas that grade performance. They are more likely to cause users to ask insightful and probing questions than they are to definitively answer questions themselves. Mike, okay, so if AQIs are not scores, benchmarks, or formulas, how can an audit committee gain insight from them? I would start by saying I'm not sure they aren't um, benchmarks in one form or another or scores, but they're not the ultimate scorecard. They are not uh, something you added up and you either do or don't have good audit quality, but there is the great potential, uh, I think, to gain insight from understanding uh, what these indicators are and what impact they can have on the quality of the audit. Uh, I can't answer that for everyone, but I can illustrate perhaps from my own experience, having been involved in a pilot testing of audit quality indicators and pick the item that to me is most important, and that is the people dimension, the audit team. Uh, we, again, have looked pretty thoroughly over time at the lead client service partner, 
But in piloting audit quality indicators, we took a much more in-depth look at the specialists who serve as a part of that team, the specialists who support the lead client service partner, the people in the firm with expertise in technology and taxation and valuation and financial instruments and uh, things of that type. And we asked uh, uh, the question, who works uh, on our audit team? Uh, what are their qualifications? How much time do they spend? When do they spend the time? Uh, a critical question for me, the when do they spend the time? Because financial reporting is a continuous process. It is not just at year end. We issue financial information uh, on a continuous basis during the year, as well as the annual financial statements. And knowing that those specialists are involved when they're needed, when transactions occur throughout the year, not just after year end, uh, in the wrap-up process is an important indicator to the audit committee of the quality of the audit work that's being done. So this is just one example that we learned a lot also about the, uh, the management of the engagement beyond the partner level, the staffing of the engagement, things of that kind uh, that are important to making judgments about that people dimension, which, again, to me at the end of the day is the most important uh, likely indicator of audit quality. But these insights have been of great value uh, to our audit committee in working through this, and uh, we have been much better, I believe, in assessing overall audit quality, not just uh, the lead partners, not just the teams uh, on that we see regularly, but the depth of the full team that is serving uh, on the engagement. Work well for us. Great. Um, Greg, Mike's given us some examples of indicators he's looked to. Can you give us some examples of what you have in mind as AQIs? Well, Sam, the, the document discusses 28 potential AQIs. And before giving you some examples of them, let me just preface that by saying we don't think we have all the answers uh, related to these AQI examples. Uh, while these examples we think are promising and, and are the best we have based on the work we've done to date, we think we're going to learn a lot more about this in the comment period and in testing uh, that uh, that will refine our list over time. Uh, the 28 indicator examples fall in three broad categories. Uh, the first category, which is we call audit professionals, include uh, measures such as uh, staffing leverage, which measures uh, the ratio of staff to supervisors uh, and measures the span of, of uh, supervision. Uh, so if the span of supervision is too large, of course, that could undermine audit quality. We also have uh, measures about uh, workload, uh, which obviously, if too high, uh, especially at critical periods of the audit, uh, may limit the audit uh, effectiveness even of otherwise qualified uh, folks uh, serving on the engagement team. We also measure uh, auditing experience, industry expertise, and auditor turnover. These are uh, notions involving auditor competence the, uh, of the team serving on the engagement. Uh, we also look at the allocation of audit hours uh, to risk areas and to phases of the audit, which indicate whether the team is focused on key risks and giving adequate attention to planning and building in quality at the front end of the audit rather than inspecting in quality after the fact. The second uh, category of the 28 potential AQIs uh, we call audit process. And specific indicators uh, in this category 
our first uh, tone at the top uh, within a firm, uh, we would measure tone at the top uh, potentially based on an independent survey of firm personnel. A second uh, indicator is the uh, tries to measure the alignment of auditor compensation uh, to audit quality, which obviously can signal the value an audit firm places on quality. Another measure is the firm's compliance with uh, independence rules, which are obviously important. Uh, we tried to measure the investment in the firm's infrastructure needed to support audit quality. And by infrastructure, I'm referring to investment in people and in process and in technology that support audits. And we also uh, uh, consider the results of firm internal quality reviews and PCAOB inspection findings in the category of audit process. The third group of measures uh, we call audit results. Indicators in this category deal, for example, with the number and magnitude of restatements for errors involving the audit firm's clients, uh, the timely reporting of internal control weaknesses, and going concern issues in the auditor's report, and the relationship between audit quality and financial reporting quality uh, for a firm's audit clients. So, Mike, there's a lot there. The concept really suggests that all of these indicators would operate together as a portfolio. If so, obviously one indicator would be too few for the portfolio, but at the other end of the scale, it's a little unclear. How many audit quality indicators are enough to provide solid insight for an audit committee, and yet not too many to be overwhelming? Do you have a view on that? There really is not a, a single answer to it, Sam. It's a, uh, it is very company-specific, and just it, in my own experience, uh, a company A that I've been chairing with an audit committee over time uh, has 95% of its revenue or more coming from within the United States. And another company, just call them company B, um, has 75% of its revenue coming from outside the United States. While the indicators may be somewhat the same, for the most part, the how those indicators are applied and additional indicators that might be important in judging the control and supervision of the work being done around the world is going to be quite different, again, if 75% of the audit effort is outside uh, the U.S. versus uh, 95% pretty close to home. So it's, it's things like that that will cause the number of indicators and the type of indicators to vary from company to company. In our pilot experience, uh, what we did in, in 2014 and 2015 so far this year, we had about half a dozen indicators for the firm-wide look that we took and about uh, 10 to 12 related to the specific engagement. But the 10 to 12 and the number varied as we developed this uh, included a number of the items in one category that would have been separate items in the PCAOB uh, suggested list. So I think if you broke it out, we probably had, let's call it five firm-wide and 15 or so uh, on the specifics of the engagement, about 20 in total. These will change over time. Uh, some will probably be condensed. Some will be perhaps eliminated over time as we get uh, more experience with them. We will certainly add uh, some new indicators. With the guidance from the PCAOB, we've seen a couple of items that we didn't specifically cover before. Said That looks like a good item. We're going to add that as we go forward. So we'll Combine some, eliminate some, add some new ones. 
I, for me, the right answer is probably in the range of 20. Uh, there is no, again, single just right answer, but that feels about right to me. I think if you get much higher than that, you lose focus. And I think one of the things that is important is you are focusing on the most important things. The list of everything you could think of would be endless. And as you pointed out in the question, would take away from the effectiveness of the process. So my best guess, 20 or so would work for most companies. Could you speak to how audit committees might use indicators relating to the specific audit engagement versus indicators that relate to the firm as a whole? My leaning and our emphasis has been and will continue to be on the indicators that are specific to the company, specific to the audit engagement. We will look at things at a firm-wide level, but less important than how the firm overall does things is how well those things are done uh, in our specific engagement. One of the items I recall being suggested is perhaps a, a survey of how effectively the firm as a whole communicates with its audit committee uh, clients, the uh, chairman of the audit committees. That's interesting if it could be done cost-effectively. I certainly wouldn't say you shouldn't do it. But what matters to us is how effectively people communicate with us on the specific engagement. The fact that the firm does or doesn't do a great job talking to lots of other people is interesting but not particularly relevant to our experience. So we're going to continue, I think, to give greatest focus to the things that matter uh, to us, uh, frankly, what matters to our investors who we represent, uh, the company and the company's financial reporting and auditing. But we'll pay attention to the firm-wide indicators just to be sure we don't... Uh, I see something there that might cause us to have a different feeling about quality than we might get at the engagement level. Thanks, Greg. In addition to audit committees, the concept release discusses other potential users of AQI data. Who are those users and what decisions might AQIs inform for them? Well, in addition to audit committees, the release discusses usage by uh, audit firms themselves which could use AQIs to assess risk, uh, improve quality control efforts within the firm, and identify and uh, remediate audit weaknesses. Uh, we also discuss use by investors who, if AQI data were public, might use the AQIs to assess reporting risk and vote shares to uh, ratify or object to auditor selections. Uh, and. We think primary users also include uh, the board, the PCOB that is, and other regulators who could use them to inform policymaking and inspection efforts and stimulate uh, a market demand for quality. Greg, the concept release raises broad questions about AQIs on which PCOB seeks input. What, what's the nature of those questions? At its root, uh, the concept release seeks input on two broad issues. Uh, First, is it possible to develop a portfolio of quantitative measures that provide new insights into audit quality? And second, if so, how could those AQIs be used to best promote quality? So regarding the portfolio of AQIs, we ask questions such as, which AQIs would be most useful and why? Uh, to what entity should the AQIs relate to? Uh, a particular audit, the practice of an office, a region, or an audit firm, or the practice in a particular industry? And how should potential AQIs be tested to ensure that they're indeed useful? 
Now regarding the potential users and uses of AQIs, we ask questions such as, which users can make the best use of AQIs? How would those uses, uh, users use them in their work? And should discussion of AQIs between audit firms and users be voluntary or mandatory? Should particular audits or audit firms be exempt uh, from any program? Should AQI data be made public? Should certain actions related to AQIs be phased in? And if so, what is the best phasing? So really a broad array of questions we're posing. Mike, you're optimistic that AQIs could inform audit committee deliberations. But where could AQIs go wrong? What concerns could some audit committee members have about the use of AQIs? Well, I am optimistic. I, uh, I have learned from the experience of, of being associated with the AQI uh, piloting project. Some might think, you know, with my kind of audit upbringing, professional background, there might be things here that are not new or different or particularly interesting for me. Not so at all. Uh, I've learned a lot and seen the real benefit that can be produced for the audit committee and for the firm. Where could we go wrong? What concerns would I have? Um, I think there are some very basic principles that are set forth in the concept released from the PCAOB that must be retained. I mean, these are indicators. They are not an ultimate scorecard that's going to produce a number uh, such as a report card, and if you get over 75 or you get over 85, uh, you've got high audit quality. It's very important that we retain uh, the basic principle that that is not what we are about here. Uh, they must have context. That is emphasized strongly in the PCAOB release. In my experience, that's very important. There are things that you need to know a lot more about that just can't be reduced to quantitative uh, numerics, but the quantitative numerics start the dialogue, and you learn then the specific circumstances, and you can not only put in context what has happened up till then, but you can plan better and more effectively going forward really important that we don't set a false expectation. The indicators are important. They're an important element of quality. But even every, every indicator that we set for a particular company was achieved right on the uh, target that was set for it, that by itself is not a guarantee of audit quality. Audit quality, all those audit quality indicators being applied without objectivity without skepticism, uh, will not produce audit quality. So it's very important for us to uh, keep that out in front as we discuss this and retain the notion that these will take us a long way toward achieving quality, but things such as skepticism, independence, and objectivity must be a part of this for the overall product to come out well. For me, uh, I hope these will evolve as best practices, principles-based, I believe that is the best approach for us. I do not feel as optimistic if these audit quality indicators turn into rules and become scorecards, whether we like that or not, and where we find ourselves making attempts to compare company to company um, based on the outcome of the indicators, based on public information. That, that does concern me because I think there is here potential for real value substantive value and to the extent that form and rules and numbers and things might overtake the substance of this, the overall result would be 
more rigidity, less value, and less effectiveness in terms of the value that can be levered for audit committees and firms. I think there's great potential here. Uh, my bottom line is if we get this right, uh, this is going to be a very good thing for audit quality and the audit process. So I'm a fan and I'm optimistic. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. Greg, any final comments? Well, today's conversation has emphasized uh, yet again for me uh, the promise of AQIs to inform discussion and, and promote quality. Yet, I, I believe that our board has recognized the many complex issues that need to be explored to avoid uh, unintended consequences, uh, such as Mike mentioned, and before deciding any next steps. So we look forward to the many thoughtful comments on the concept release that I'm, I'm sure we'll get. Thank you. This has been PCAOB Dialogues. I want to thank Mike Cook and Greg Jonas for their participation and wish to remind listeners that the comment period on the AQI concept release remains open until September 29th, 2015. Listeners can find the concept release on the PCAOB website. Please don't rely on this podcast as a substitute for reading the release. You can subscribe to PCAOB Dialogues in the iTunes Store or anywhere else podcasts are available. We also have podcast archives on our website. Stay current on PCAOB activities at PCAOBUS.org. Find us on social media, including LinkedIn, Facebook, and at PCAOB underscore news on Twitter. Thank you for listening.